Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's such a more collaborative medium, film and television, that you are, in an actor, you're like the bass player in a band. You just kind of do what other people want you to do, but you think that you are running the whole show. <laughs> Hello, this is Christoph Triumph. Welcome to Varvet International. This is the 31st episode of this podcast and I love getting emails from you guys. So please keep on sending those. It's varvetpod at t-r-i-u-m-f dot s-e. T-r-i-u-m-f dot s-e. Varvetpod at t-r-i-u-m-f dot s-e. That would be super. Speaking of... Uh, International Varvet is uh, made in cooperation with one of my favorites of the international Swedish fashion brands, Uniforms for the Dedicated. I think it's safe to say that it's the most progressive company also when it comes to green thinking. Uniforms for the Dedicated strive to be working with solely recycled fabrics by 2018. That's fantastic. Read more about that and check out their fabulous menswear at uniformsforthededicated.com. That's uniformsforthededicated.com. Thanks, guys. A few years ago, I fell deeply in love with a new American TV series, Up All Night. I don't know if you remember it, but it featured some of my favorite actors, Christina Applegate, Will Arnett, and of course the lovely Maya Rudolph of Saturday Night Live fame. And Maya's character had an assistant, played by this week's guest, Jennifer Hall. I guess what I liked about that show was that I led the same life as the protagonists, having our first child, trying to have a life and a career at the same time and so forth. And if you are listening through the Acast app, you can click your screen right now to go to the trailer for the show, just to like a reminder. But anyway, the show was cancelled after two seasons. But what happened to Jennifer Hall, that fantastically funny Actors. Well, quite a lot we'll soon find out. She's been doing guest roles in various TV series and movies and so forth. She's doing stand-up comedy and she runs a business. All this and more on today's episode of Varvet International. Roll the tape, please. Did I ask you how you are today? You didn't. Okay, how are you? I'm great. That's good to hear. Yeah. What's been keeping you busy? Well, I I had a pretty standard Los Angeles day. I woke up, 
went on a run and then met my friend for a hike and then <laughs> Oh, so you ran and a hike. Yeah. Okay, that's what you call a double. Yeah, sometimes I pull a double because you know, hiking is more therapy and than exercise, I think. But it's too hot today to go hiking, but that was in the morning perhaps. Yeah, it was in the morning. Okay. Then went grocery shopping. <laughs> Isn't this fascinating? And then I cooked a beautiful meal for my friend and her son, and we just ate dinner together, and now I'm here. The traffic is going to be really bad, but yeah, yeah, we'll have to live with that. Yeah, I, th- I don't think you missed on anything. <laughs> no, perhaps <laughs> not. But um, it's nice to hear. But you do run a, like you run a business, right? Yes. Or a couple of even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I have a jewelry business and I have a jewelry store here in Los Angeles. But you don't have to be there. No, I don't. I don't have to be there. I'm, I'm not. I don't participate in the daily ongoing activity of it. What is your contribution to it? Designing? Yeah, I do some of the designing and I just, you know, I did a lot to to build it and create it. And now it just, my partner runs it and... And I don't really have to participate. And that's your husband as well? Yes. Okay. That's uh, a great setup, I guess. Yeah. Or it could be a really, really bad one. <laughs> Which is why I am i don't have to be there. Okay. <laughs> so do you want to plug, what's it called? It's called Jenny and Jim Bob. Jennyandjimbob.com. And um, it's located in North Hollywood on Magnolia Boulevard. And you told me before we started taping that North Hollywood is sort of a really happening neighborhood right now. Yeah, it's a newly bustling art community. There's lots of dance studios and art studios and new restaurants. It's really it's a really fun place and they're building some of those like huge buildings that have speakers in the swimming pools. Which, to me, is like ultimate luxury. Okay, speakers in the swimming pool. Yeah, so that when you're swimming, you can listen to music. And, you know, I just want to be part of a community that has that, those type of extras, you know. Do you have one of those? No, I I don't get to participate, but (laughs) I just know they exist. Okay, cool. When you said that, I thought that it would be like underwater music. Underwater music. Is it like that? Yes. Wow. I didn't even realize that that was physically possible. Yes. See, you think that all the cool things come from Sweden, but no. (laughs) We come up with a few things over here. (laughs) That's fantastic. Do you know anyone who has that? I don't. I'll make it my mission to find a person that has that and sort of get to be their friend. Yes. Yes. And then... Introduce me to them. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. We can it's... tag team this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is something we do. Uh, <laughs> we met through a podcast, but now we are on a life mission to find a person with an underwater music pool. Yes. <laughs> but uh, can I ask you, what are your current projects? I've been doing a lot of writing, and I've been doing some stand-up, and just kind of the the old L.A., artist thing where you just now you're 
creating new stuff and seeing what's going to stick, what you're going to, what's going to move on. And yeah, I was surprised to find a, a clip on YouTube with you performing stand-up. Oh, you, you saw that? <laughs> yeah. How long have you been doing that? You know, not very long. It's something I always wanted to do. And, and as an actor, it's, it's such a collaborative medium. Like, you can't just go out on the street and act and not get into trouble. So I thought stand-up is kind of the, the closest way to be able to perform and write your own stuff and kind of just helm your own ship. So I've been doing it probably for about a year now. Okay. And how, how is it going? It was good. I've gotten to play at all the big comedy places in L.A., and I've gotten to you know showcase some of my music, and it's been a really fun. Do you do like comedy music as well? Yes, I write. I write funny music, and not funny music, but the most you know I've gotten the most kind of interest in my funny music, and then I sometimes. If there's enough time, I work it into my set. How much material do you have now, like one one and a half years into your oh, career? You know, <laughs> I've probably got about maybe ten minutes. But that's good. Yeah, but it's you know it's a hard, you know every second has blood and tears on it. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> I used to try to do stand up comedy, but. I had to quit because, well, the podcast thing took off too well, sort of. And that was easy, mm -hmm. but stand-up comedy was hard. Yeah. So I dropped out. Uh, but I sort of, I really, really miss it. Yeah. But the thing was, I don't know if you can relate to this, but the thing with me and my, my stand-up comedy was that all my material felt so written if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. in a bad way. Mm -hmm. It was like I came up with jokes that were sort of funny, but they didn't really resonate with my soul. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the most important thing when you're writing for stand-up is to have a true premise, and it's a premise that's true for you, that's relatable to other people, but something that really... That when you're talking about it, you're not like you get excited to talk about it. Because I mean, there's like there's lots of really good jokes in the world, but you know, I the way one person tells a joke, the same joke is not going to be the way that I tell the joke. And and it's just who can find like the truest, who's got like the most open vessel for that expression. During this time. Do you still do jokes that you did on your first gig? I do. I I do. I like them and I still like them and and I actually I you know, I'm kind of one of those comics like I'm not one of those people that are like hey Cincinnati, how's the weather there or like <laughs> hey sir, nice hat. I'm more of like it's more of kind of like a a thing like it's very it's written and scripted yeah it's not nothing's like off the cuff and um and that's kind of the fun part is making it feel like it's off the cuff so because of that i have a lot of jokes that i did from the very beginning that i like yeah how come you don't improvise then well it takes a while to be i don't know i just haven't reached that place no 
crowd work is also really, really it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Like I got, I think I had one person ever say something to me while I was, while I was performing and, and I'm just, I look at them and I'm like, okay. Like I, and like, I just don't know even what to say. Like I ignore it first. And then, then if it gets to be too much, then I go, okay. And then I just keep going. <laughs> But it hasn't been hecklers. No, no one heckles me. Maybe we'll get back to your stand-up career, but I would, was wondering if we could sort of... I'd like to go way back, all right? Okay. So... It was a cold and rainy night. <laughs> when you came to the world? When I came into the world. You were born in 1978. Yes. And you grew up in Alabama. Yes, until I was a teenager and my mother joined the military. So then I moved all over the U.S. with my mother. What did you do before that for a living? She's a nurse. Okay. Yeah. Why did she join the, the Army? She joined the Air Force. Oh, sorry. Yeah. She just was going through... My parents had just gotten divorced, and so she had three kids she had to raise, and the military would take care of us and really helped her figure out how to wrangle three kids as a single mom where are you in the sibling among your siblings where are you age-wise where am i age i'm the eldest okay all right you know the smartest the prettiest the, <laughs> the most attractive the <laughs> just kidding the biggest ego and the most humble yes <laughs> no no all of my all of my siblings are extremely remarkable and every one of us are very different and and we were raised by a very strong woman and very strong women so where did your dad go he went he just went where dads go okay and, that, <laughs> and where is that he, well he's in texas all right yes. is that where they keep them Yes, that's where they keep dads. Okay. <laughs> no, he's he's very happily remarried and just had a baby. So now there's five of us. All right. But when they divorced, he sort of disappeared from your life for the time being or Yeah. I mean, it was the 80s and I don't know, things were He just left, and like it was kind of hard for my parents to navigate how they were going to share the time, and especially with my mom being in the military and moving around a lot. So we just stayed with her, and and then my dad eventually came around, and and now he's like very much in my life and my brothers and sisters' lives. But you being a teenager and your parents getting divorced was that? hard for you or was it yeah I mean it was very hard yeah it was confusing and I don't know you know and I kind of blo I blocked a lot of it out <laughs> you know just trying to survive you know when you're in a, a traumatic situation as a kid you just kind of do the best you can to just get through day to day and try and keep as few people like pissed off at you and try and just do the best you can or make more and more people pissed off at you because then it's 
easier because then you just know that they're going to be angry at you and you don't have to wonder why and, you know, kind of navigating life through all of that. It's made my acting work very rich. <laughs> How is that? Well, just having a lot of that, of, of that angst and that drive to fit in and the drive to, I mean, you know, people who want to be actors, we're, we're not, we all share something. Like, we just, we just want people to like us. Is that so? <laughs> I think so. I think that, that from a very, very deep place, like, anyone who chooses to be in this type of entertainment field, they have something that's missing that they're looking to fill through the acceptance and adulation. Oh, that's a really hard word. I don't know what I don't that know means. It was a, I don't even know if it's a real word. Okay. But w- how would you define it? Through the praise of okay. other people. Mm. My parents divorced as well, but I was a few weeks or perhaps a month or something like that when it happened. So, so it's always been the case for me, but... It's interesting that it can be traumatic to someone. How old were you? You were in your teens. Yeah, I think I was, was probably like 10 or 11. I was preteen. Preteen. Okay, you, you <laughs> were in your pre But I would assume that you would understand, I mean, why they would split up and so forth. No, you know, you, I, I didn't understand. And Did you blame yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think every... I don't know if every kid does, but you always look at like, oh, I was, I was like so hard to deal with. I like, and, and I, it made me angry. And so I became, I became very, I began the anger phase of my youth. You know, the, the rebellious, the lots of just confusion because, you know, you know, nowadays I think people look at, young people in a different way than they did then nowadays like parents would sit their kids down and go like be very clear like this is just mom and dad don't we're not getting along we want to live in separate places but we still love you and we're going to do everything we can to make this like an easy transition for you or like make sure that you know the whatever and back then it was like don't ask just stop asking just be quiet and plus like both of my parents were going through their own emotions of going through this thing. So their managing their own experience was so overwhelming that the idea of managing the kids' experience just kind of fell to the side. Okay. Yeah, that sounds hard. Yeah. On all of you guys, or were your siblings really small, or did they have a hard time as well? They were, you know, they were small, but I mean, the thing is, is that it, it just never ends. It's not like, it's not like, okay, they leave and then all of a sudden life goes back to normal. It, then you are dealing with it forever. Mm. Like, how do you, what's it like to grow up without a dad? What's it like to be a, a young, a boy and not have a father, you know? So it's, you know, you're constantly deciding your personality based on overcoming all of the obstacles that you face and then voila you wake up and you're 
you know, however old you are now, and now you are the accumulation of all the little choices you made growing up. Of course, yeah. Then you started like moving around a lot to different places where your mom. Mm -hmm. was working okay so yeah. so you moved like once a year or it was every three years okay we moved but What? then it you know sometimes there's little moves within those moves but yeah but it was just a lot of of moving around i would assume that it takes a lot of energy to adjust to a new environment and Mm -hmm. to try to find your your position in the hierarchy and so forth. How was that for you? Yeah, it was it was a struggle. It was tough and um not having consistent friends. Like I look at friends that I have now, they have friends that they've had since kindergarten and I don't have any of those like the longest, you know, although with social media now a lot of My girlfriends from junior high and I, like, we've all reconnected. And so that's been so fun. How old are you in junior high? It's like sixth grade, sixth to ninth grade. So 12? Yeah, probably like 12. I don't know. I'm not good at ages. <laughs> I'm not an ageist. No, that's fine. But yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was like preteen. If I had to guess, I would say that... You were a pretty girl growing up. Yes, But extremely. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, especially compared to your siblings, I know. But <laughs> but but uh, I hope they don't hear this. I hope they do. My siblings are beautiful. Yeah, that was a joke. I haven't met them. I'm sure they were. <laughs> But anyway, did that sort of help when you came to a new place that? People should have taken an interest in you. Or was it like everybody was moving around because you went to military schools? Yeah, everyone okay. was moving around. Right. So, well, in, in the military schools, then that everyone's used to that culture of everyone being new. And, and, and so it's not as, it's easier to fit in. And then I really wanted to go to a non-military school. But there I was the new kid, and I was, it just didn't work out. Okay. But in the military schools, they didn't have like music programs or theater programs or anything really artistic. So that's why I wanted to go to an off-base school, so that I could have some of that type of influence. But every school I went to, I started like a little choir Or a theater club or something. So, you know, it, it really it encouraged my entrepreneurial ship. That's fantastic. Did you come from an artistic family? Not really. My mother is a nurse. So she has her PhD in nursing and she was a colonel in the Air Force. And then my father is an engineer. So between the two of them having, you know, their first child wanting to be an artist or be creative they both were, had no idea what to do with me and then my brother he's a musician and a recording engineer and producer so with the two of us they were even more confused They're, they had no idea how to encourage or 
inspire our development. So he and I just had to go out and like make our own, figure out how to do this all on our own. Have you always had like the urge to express yourself artistically? Yeah. Yes, I, I always, even from when I was little, I used to make these plays on a tape recorder and I would record the other voice and then I would put the tape recorder in the closet and I would open the door when we had company and I would say like, hey, you in the closet, you want to come out and play with me? And then you would hear me disguising my voice saying, no, I don't want to. I don't want to play out there with you. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I had little plays of the person in the drawer or the person in the closet, the person in the refrigerator. Yeah, so I I always was very creative, which is great because if you're really creative, then you can figure out how to be creative. <laughs> yeah. Because you just create it. I assume that you you went to some kind of acting college later on. Mm -hmm. When did you start? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. On, on the stage for the first time, do you remember that? Yes, I was... They did this pageant of... It's like this silly, silly play, but I played a horse butt a play someone was the horse's head yeah i okay. i wasn't um picked for the head <laughs> okay <laughs> so that was the first time right but i never saw the audience so i don't know if that counts <laughs> well I, i guess it did because you you were there for a reason i guess yeah that you wanted to be on stage Right, I had to bring up the rear. Were there parts that you would have rather done? I don't know. You know, I was a dancer. I started as a dancer. And then when I was like 15, I realized that I really could never have a dance career because I'd already peaked. Like, <laughs> to be a dancer, you have to like really be epic by the time you're... Like 12 or something. Oh, uh -huh, okay. Mm. And I started late, but I really loved dancing. Why? Was it like fame and so forth? Was that on television then? Yeah, like fame and like going to see the ballet. And I don't really know what drew me to dance, except that that's what, you know, my mom wanted to 
encourage me, but she didn't know how, but she knew that she could put me in dance class. And so, because, you know, there's dance classes everywhere. So she put me in dance class. So then I just was like, I love this. I need to express myself this way. So I took all kinds of dance. And um, even, you know, my mom was a single mom. And so she didn't have time to bring me and my brother to separate activities. So one summer, I really wanted to take this ballet summer camp. So my mom took it with me, and she made my brother take it. So the three of us were in this ballet class for the summer. It was really sweet. Where was this? Where did you live by then? That was in Northern California in this place, Fairfield, California. Okay. And then by the time that you were done with high school, right? Mm -hmm. Where were you staying there? And then... There, I was. Um, I was still in the Bay Area in, in Northern California. Okay, because for college, you you changed coast, right? Yes, I went to Ithaca College. I'm happy that you said that because I don't think I can pronounce it. <laughs> Ithaca. Ithaca. Yes. Okay, so you went to Ithaca College. Was your family with you? At Ithaca. Yeah. No, no. You know, when I decided I wanted to become a professional actor. My mother wanted me to go to business school. And she wanted, not just business school, she wanted me to go to, like, administrative assistant school, like, secretary school. That sounds really boring, Mom. Right. Well, she just, she was worried about me. (laughs) So instead, I said, well, I'm going to be an actor instead. So it was, my choice to be an actor was purely out of rebellion. So, um... So then I went to community college. I went to a community college in Northern California. And then right after that, I actually started working professionally as an actor. And then um, when I was working, some of the people I was working with, they really encouraged me to go to college. So I left. When the show ended, I decided, well, I'm going to go to college. And I had auditioned for a bunch of schools, and Ithaca College offered to give me a full scholarship so I went there and it was beautiful I like I fell in love with the campus and you know Cornell is on the same campus or in the same city Cornell University it's a Ivy League school so the whole town is just two big colleges so it was it was a really good time (laughs) in what way it was fun I was you know acting doing plays and musicals and dancing and singing and just every single thing I love to do, I was doing all the time, like eat, breathe, sleep, every single thing I love to do. And how old were you when you started college? Well, I took, you know, I took some time off, so it's, I was... Like in your 20s or... Yeah, no, I think I was like 19 or 20 or something. Okay. And was that the first time that you uh, lived by yourself or without your mother? Oh, no, I my mother got stationed. She had to move right after I graduated high school. So I didn't want to move again because I had just gotten in with this theater group that I really liked and I had just made friends. So she left and then I just kind of had to fend for myself. Okay. 
When I was 19, I went to a school in the southern part of Sweden. And that was the first time that I could sort of redefine who I was as a person. I could sort of get rid of that old Christopher that I had been like <laughs> in the small town I came from. That was such a big relief for me because I, I suddenly felt sort of cool while I, for 18 and a half years I had been like a really loser sort of person. Mm-hmm. Did you have that same experience at the same age when you started college there? Or? I don't know. You know, since I moved around so much, I was constantly redefining myself. So... I mean, and I still am. I mean, I, but I, but having such a kind of fluid an upbringing that, you know, we moved around so much that I, I got to just choose who I wanted to be all the time. If I wanted to, like, hang out with the rappers or if I wanted to hang out with the metalheads or if I wanted to be a, a nerd or if I wanted to be a theater geek or, like, every place I got to just kind of... So you tried all those? I did everything. I ran the whole gamut. Were you ever a pothead? No. No, that's the one. No. My girlfriends and I, we used to just get dressed up really cute and go to the bowling alley and have cherry shakes and french fries. I didn't even know. I don't know. I was very sheltered. Okay. (laughs) Were you into sports as well growing up? You know the yeah you were a, a, a cheerleader at some time. I was a cheer I was a cheerleader, but because the schools didn't have girls sports, so the only all only the boys had the sports, and then the girls we just could be cheerleaders. How is that? It sounds like the eighteen hundreds. I know that was just kind of how it was on the uh, base uh, schools. But it's not like that anymore, right? I don't think so. I don't think that that would be possible. I feel like smacking someone in the face when I hear that. But anyway, after college, or did you were you working in, in college as well? No, I didn't. I wasn't working as an actress in college. But after college, I moved to New York City. And I went on, I think it was like 67 auditions before I booked my first job. And I love telling people that because acting is a really tough career. And um, like going on over 60 auditions and hearing no over 60 times, most people quit before they even get to that point, before they even get to 60 auditions. So I think it's just it's just a numbers game. It's who can stick it out the longest and and still like maintain a sense of like an open heart and and creativity and tenaciousness and spunk how do you keep that i mean the 65th time yeah like how could you even have energy at that point yeah it was it was really tough and i didn't i was counting them I would write them in my book, and then when I got the first job, then I went back to count how many I went on, and I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 
And it was really, it was hard. And I started just playing tricks, like playing games with myself for auditions. Like, okay, this batch of auditions, I'm going to be... I'm going to pretend to be a spy. And so it would just be like a little secret that I would play that maybe had nothing to do with the audition or the part, but I would be suspicious. And so everything I did, I was like, hmm, are you telling the truth? Hmm, I don't trust you. You know, and, and just kind of build it in as just like a little game to keep myself interested and curious or like a new way to approach material. Is there a trick how to sort of be good at it? At auditioning? Yeah. No. You just have to keep doing it. <laughs> it's and it's like like I said it's approaching every every audition with a sense of vigor and passion and being fresh and not letting the letting go of all the other ones because like I've gotten really close to a lot of really cool things and then I didn't get them and it's so easy to then go to the next audition and be like oh what's the use but you can't you you have to open your heart and let yourself be in love with what you do and you know I'm an actor and and the thing is like I'm just an actor. There's other people who have way more intense and necessary careers and they follow they have the same type of rejection or like the same type of struggles and you still have to approach every single day with a sense of fresh passion and newness and But I read an interview with you when you were uh, unemployed and you had Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what did I say? Oh, you were talking smart. about when I was unemployed. Yeah. Like, what did I do? No, but because you, f you filed yourself, or what do you call it? You went to some kind of office where you say that I'm unemployed. I'm not sure what that's called in English. Mm -hmm. Unemployment place? Yes. <laughs> because it seems like you, because when I read up on you, You do like one million different things. You do stand-up comedy and you do acting and you do design and you paint spoons. And Have you ever been unemployed or has that been a problem for you? I mean, you're an artist. Artists are unemployed. Yeah, well, what I do, all that other stuff is what I do to keep myself creative and keep myself fresh and and I'll go through phases where like I'm acting a lot and I'm doing a lot of of on-camera work and then I'll go into a phase where I'm doing just more internal creative work like writing music writing stand-up and and then some more like more tactile stuff where I'm painting and making jewelry and and then I got to express with Jenny and Jim Bob, my jewelry line, I got to really express a business side of myself, which I didn't even know I had, and I loved it, and I was able to take this product to thousands of stores all over the world and negotiate really significant contracts with big companies, and that was super exciting. But it's just keeping versatile and... And letting just life be an adventure. It's just life. <laughs> I would assume that leading a life as an actor must be... 
I mean, if you wouldn't do all those other things, I would assume that it could be rather depressing between jobs or... Yeah, yes. It Just waiting and lying down, lots of lying down <laughs> <laughs> and throwing. I would... <laughs> throwing yourself against things. <laughs> I do a lot of face plants into my laundry. <laughs> I have a fainting couch, just writhing and screaming, crying. That's all part of it. Yeah. This isn't a dating podcast, is it? Why is that? <laughs> just know? people may think that I'm crazy. Uh-huh. But you're married. Yes. So you don't have to pretend to be sane here. <laughs> so you already you're already taken. It sounds like you did you want to do something? Oh, I was just going to check. What time it is? Yeah, we're How much where time? Where in my I life have? are we? We're uh, on Broadway. Oh, we're on Broadway. I think so. Was that your first job that you booked? It was my second job. What was the first one? The first one I did a, a musical in Denver, Colorado. It was really fun. Then right when I came back, the week I came back, I booked Broadway. I just saw Birdman and I saw Book of Mormon when I was in New York like one week ago because I've always sort of hated that district. It's so ugly walking through it in New York. But oh. now I've seen the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. And what's your relationship to Broadway? You know, as a when you live there, you avoid that place like crazy. But then when you're working there, it's got this whole other thing. It's your like walking down the street and you've got like you're working in this Broadway stage and like all the it's it's a feeling unlike anything. It's so invigorating and thrilling to be on a Broadway stage and it was like a dream it was a dream of mine and I got to do it and um, I loved it and getting to know all the other people on Broadway and and I've made some really good friends that I was on in the show with and like we'll be friends forever and really it was really thrilling experience and if you compare i mean doing stuff with cameras comparing that to being on stage what what would you if you had to do, choose one that you have to do for the rest of your life but you can't do the other ay 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 no i can't do that but there is a a rush and a feeling of live theater that is irreplaceable and i haven't gotten to do so much of it now that I live in Los Angeles. And it's something that I miss. Why is that? Is there not the same scene here? Or? You know, it's just different. It's um, There is the scene here. But, you know, I've just been working in other mediums that it's, you know, rehearsals and stuff like that. It's really hard to schedule. But, no, I, you know, I will always love live theater. I would assume that there's so much waiting working with when it's like televised or 
a movie or right i mean you spend most of your time waiting and then you get to actually perform your craft maybe 10 minutes <laughs> and then wait and then it's it's such a more collaborative medium film and television that you are in an actor you're like the bass player in a band you, you you just kind of do what other people want you to do, but you think that you are running the whole show. <laughs> you need to have actors to facilitate the vision of everybody else. But I think theater, the actor is actually gets to fill in the gaps of the vision. So it's a more actor-friendly medium. And then film and film is very... It's deep. It's like really intense. It's like it gets inside of your soul and you can, the camera can see everything, even things you didn't think it could see. So it's a whole different type of experience as an actor. Does that mean that when you're filming that you sort of, you work with really, really fine movements? I mean... I would assume that if you are on Broadway, you have to make big gestures and you have to speak really loud because you might not be on a microphone. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you work with film, there is much more nuance. Or is mm -hmm. that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. And the camera catches your essence. It gets things that you don't even know that you give. Because it, it gets, it, it can just see you. It sees you. Yeah. And then, yes, and then theater, the camera is much bigger. And there's many more cameras. You've been a, a professional actress for well over 10 years. Since, like, when did you graduate from college? No, yeah, I've been a professional actress for probably close to 15 years. Yeah. Can you say that there's been times during those 15 years that you've felt that you've really had like momentum that because you just told me that when you came home from Colorado you booked a new job like right away mm -hmm. and have you felt that it's sort of well momentum is the best word I can come up with that you've felt that you're it's sort of going your way mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's happens several times i mean it's like there's the momentum and then you know what do you do with it i mean it's just it's a lifelong you know it's luck mm. it's luck and tenacity and it's surfing it's like i don't surf we well, yeah, navigating an acting career is very much like surfing i imagine where you see the swell coming and you just have to position yourself in the right place to be able to really hang ten. I don't know, I'll throw out every surfing term I could think of because I don't know what any of them mean. But yeah, it's a bit, you've got it. Some of it is luck. Some of it is like intuition. Some of it is like you make your own destiny. It's, it's a really fun balancing act you have such great charisma i would say and you're really funny as well but do you feel that you've re reached your full potential no i'm still alive 
Jeez. <laughs> what do you mean? Do you have to be dead to be full potential? I haven't reached my the full capacity of my human potential. Mm-mm. What's in the way of, of you getting there? I think it's a lifelong experience. Who I am as an actor now is not the same person I was as an actor five years ago or ten years ago. Like My work is getting deeper, and the deeper you can get, the lighter you can be because you've got the gravitas to carry comedy. Sometimes when I do stand-up, I am crying, and it's funny, and it's, it's you know, learning how to express all the different types of expression that I have and all the different ways to express, and, and I just have a million ideas. I'm, I constantly have new things I want to try, new things I want to do, and make and create and experience and explore. So, no, I haven't reached my full potential, but I'm on my way. <laughs> That's uh, nice to hear. But do you have any gigs planned, by the way? I don't. I'm, you know, I'm in the writing phase. Okay. So, do you have any exciting projects coming up that you can tell me about? Not that I can really talk about right now, because it's still everything's still being kind of negotiated. Why aren't you super famous by now? You're so talented and nice and Thank you. so forth. I see myself as super famous. <laughs> no. I'm not sure that fame is what you want, but I mean... Yeah, it's, you know, honestly, just to earn a living as an actor, earn a living doing what I love to do, earn a living using my talents and my gifts as a person, to me, that's the most important thing. You know, if you get into this business or anything for the fame or notoriety it's just you're going to constantly be banging your head against the wall but if you do it because it's what you love to do then just being able to do it is the gift and then i would assume uh, or hope if there's any god do you be- believe in god by yes the way? of course why is that so of course why not have you ever seen god In every smiling baby. <laughs> okay. But if there is a God, I would assume that, or if there is any justice, I would assume that if you keep doing what you love and if you keep being good at it, I mean, fame and fortune or success or whatever you want should come your way. And it perhaps has also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, just doing the best you can every day and trying to get out of my own way and letting myself be the purest, truest expression of myself and being prolific in creation and in expression, then, yeah, eventually you something happens. If you do things, things happen. Absolutely. That's a good piece of advice. <laughs> If you do nothing, nothing happens. Yeah, very good. Do you have a band now? I don't. I mean, yeah, no, I don't. No, but you you do do music. And is mm-hmm. it any chance that my listeners and myself can listen to it? I think on JennyandJimBob.com, there's a few of my songs available for download. 
I'm not sure. I haven't. Someone's been messing around with the website, so I'm not exactly sure what's still on there. But I do believe that you can download two of my songs on JennyAndJimBob.com. Where would you like to be in five years? Right here with you. Oh, that's nice to hear. I think you're lying, but... <laughs> and that's a sin. <laughs> you know, I'm really enjoying writing, and so I would like to create my own show, like whether it's like a web series or something on, you know, something. I just would like to see more of me doing things. And writing music, I would like to, like, compile all of the music I've written and and um, not all of it, you know, the good stuff and put it together and like have a little album that I've written and like write stuff and turn my hair into cotton candy and my eyes into gumdrops. I'm sure that'll be available in five years. Will you have an hour on Comedy Central of your stand-up comedy in five years? I don't know. You know, I'm not like a stand-up. I'm not like a person that's like a stand-up. I love doing stand-up because it gets me to write. And it it's a place where I can just go to perform. I'm not like trying to get up the ranks to have like my comedy special. Okay, so you're not going to open for Louis C.K. in it? I don't think so. Soon. I'm not like in a really aggressive comic, so, you know, I, I can't get a crowd like really excited. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I don't know if that's where my true talents lie, but I really like the writing aspect and the performance aspect of it, so. Would you like to recommend something? My favorite thing that I that I always remind myself, I think Dolly Parton said it, but you know I don't trust quotes because you never know really who said it. But she's a pretty spicy lady, so I imagine she probably said it. But it, the quote is, "Find out who you are and do it on purpose." Who do you think I should interview on my podcast? Well, this guy, he's my friend. And he's an internet person. He's a, an internet celebrity. Okay. His name is Vincent Sir, C-Y-R. He's a really fun, creative, funny guy to talk to. I will check that out. Thank you so much for taking the time. Sure. It was thank a pleasure. You. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Prior to this uh, meeting with Jennifer, I read an interview with her with the headline, Jennifer Hall is the weirdest person I have ever met. Well, I'd say that she's one of the most sane people I've ever met. Humble, she's funny, and she's thankful for her opportunities, and so creative. All right, that's all for this week. And as you might have noticed, this is a bi-weekly podcast. However, as a token of appreciation for Noel Gallagher and all the people he works with, I met him a few days ago and we'll post his episode on July 15th already. That's in one week from now. So make sure that you subscribe to Varvet International in your pod app and or 
on RSS not to miss any new episodes. And for the Swedish listeners, that's Varvet without the umlauts. I'd like to thank my editor, Lovisa Olsson, and the producer, Kristina Jörling-Biro. Don't miss her podcast, Pop Culture Confidential, by the way. And also thanks to ACOS for distribution and to Uniforms for the Dedicated for the sponsorship. Check out their website at uniformsforthededicated.com. All right, talk to you in a week. Noel Gallagher, he was a really interesting guy. You'll like that. Okay, bye-bye. 